Welcome to Local SEO Today. On this podcast, John Vong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover challenges and successes in business ownership. Our goal is to provide you with insights into the entrepreneurship journey and give you tips and advice from real experience. Brought to you by Local SEO Search based in Toronto, Canada. Thanks for tuning in to Local SEO Today. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. My guest today is Tim Meinhardt. Tim is the CEO of Atruity, a company which helps clients implement OKR goal setting methodology. Thanks for joining me today, Tim. Well, you're welcome, John. Thanks for having me on the program. I'm so excited to hear about a little bit about yourself, how you started your company and your journey. So if you don't mind sharing, um, you know, a little bit about yourself and what you're up to these days. Well, sure. Thank you. As I, as I mentioned, you and I have talked, I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at the, uh, I'm, I'm at the, let's put it this way. I'm at the five or 10 yard line with regards to careers. Um, but uh, I originally, when I graduated college, um, I had no idea what I was going to do as a profession. Um, I was in a fraternity and uh, enough said about that. And, um, but when I got out, I thought, you know, I always had the gift of gab. So why don't I just try sales? And um, I, I got into sales right out of college, selling a, what at the time was a, uh, a typing system that is kind of the precursor to computers today. Nice. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of failed at it miserably um, after a year or so. Um, I wasn't really ready for a full-time job, so I went back waiting, waiting tables. I did that all through college. And it took me a while to hit my stride as a professional. Um, I stumbled onto a profession which I knew absolutely nothing about, um, and it was the mortgage industry. And at the time, interest rates, if you can imagine this, were over 17% to buy a house. I mean, that's a high rate even for a credit card today. So um, knowing nothing about the mortgage industry and being offered a job to essentially be a chauffeur to this individual who had broken his leg, um, I, I took any job I could find to get back in the professional ranks and off I went uh, into the mortgage industry. Well, it was one of the great breaks that I ever had in my entire life because I had the opportunity to essentially be mentored by one of the best mortgage banking professionals uh, in the business at the time. And I got to spend 30, with him, 30 minutes with him in the morning driving him to work and 30 minutes driving him home. Plus, I got to do everything for him during the day because he was on one leg after a terrible skiing accident. Um, so speed forward wise, uh, the mortgage industry was a fantastic business for me. Um, there's nothing more I would ever say to anybody other than when you get into a profession, really learn your profession. Um, and I didn't know anything. Every day I went home and I asked myself, gosh, what did I learn today? But I learned credit and I learned people and I learned banking during my, my tenure. Um, I spent roughly 15 years as a mortgage banker. Um, and uh, at the last stint of that, I uh, was essentially confronted with becoming self-employed. Um, I had had it with, um, and again, this is, this is the personality of me. I, I had it with, with uh, answering to bosses. I was like, I know this better than they do, okay? And um, so I, it was my first for, foray into being self-employed. Um, started my own mortgage company and uh, was, uh, was very successful in that endeavor. Um, however, the mortgage industry began to change a little bit, John, and um, it became very litigious. And um, I began to just grow away from mortgage banking and really wanted something else. You know, there's a great book called Who Moved My Cheese? And um, if you haven't read it, it's about people changing careers. And, um, you know, you rustle around for a while and you can't find your cheese. And uh, lo and behold, you make a turn or, or go, something goes the other way and a break happens and boom, there's this new whole mound of cheese that these mice in the book, then they eat and they're happy there for a while until they run out of cheese. And it's who moved my cheese and you, you got to move around in life. So 
Um, as I was considering a career change, my uh, computer kid um, was um, starting a company on his own and I couldn't find him. And when I would call him on the phone, he wouldn't call me back and I got irritated. And so I was like, Chris, when I call you, you call me back. It's the way business operates. Okay. Oh, uh, you know, I'm sorry, Mr. Meinhardt. I've started this new company. And I went, oh, 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 Chris, Chris, you're a young kid. What are you doing starting a company? He said, no, I'm convinced this thing called the, the internet is going to change the world. And I said, oh, great. You know, what a great idea. So um, I said, Chris, listen, I need some work done for me. And um, I, um, and I'll tell you what, I'll buy you, I'll buy you lunch and you can tell me all about this inter thing, that, in something, whatever it was. So he, uh, we went out to lunch and he proceeded to tell me all about this thing called the internet. And, um, and he'd started a company called Internet Information Services, IIS. So he was so passionate about it that I said, Chris, listen, I got to get you out of your basement. Why don't you come in? We'll incubate this in, um, in the mortgage company. And at the time, I was looking to have some fun. And I said, look, um, I, can, I can sell anything to anybody. So why don't, you, why don't I go out as your sales, sales guy, sales manager, and I'll see if I can help you sell something. So lo and behold, um, he, he told me about this uh, this very large law firm that he had an appointment with. And I was like flabbergasted. I'm like, how did this kid get this appointment with this big company? So long story, so I'll speed forward. Uh, we went to the appointment. I was in a three-piece suit as a banker. Um, Chris had on uh, uh, brown hush puppies, um, tie-dyed jeans, and a t-shirt and a backpack. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be so much fun. They thought I was Chris at the time because I was dressed appropriately, Chris was just uh, not. And um, so we walked into this law firm and within 30 seconds, um, they realized that I was not the guy, Chris was the guy. And um, it, uh, Chris turned out to be one of the most brilliant people I've ever met with regards to technology. And um, we forged what was um, Washington Business Journal, and I'm from the DC area. Uh, the Washington Business Journal ranked us as the 11th fastest growing company in Washington uh, in 1999. And um, um, it was, uh, we just thought, you know, we, we became a, uh, we were a systems integrator. We were a Java experts and um, I could barely spell Java. All right. I ran the business. And um, Chris and I remind me of this old movie with Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder, where one guy's blind, the other guy's deaf. And here we were two people, you know, kind of in this crazy rowboat, rowing like hell, knowing that one thing is going to happen. If we quit rowing, we're going we're gonna to go over the falls. And um, so regardless of our being completely opposite people, we forged a wildly successful business in the internet space. And people always ask me, how did you make that career change? What was the leap to do that? And it was the desire for me to do anything else other than mortgage banking. And I said, well, I'll just try technology. And, you know, I have so many funny stories uh, that took place um, in, uh, in, in building the company, but I really couldn't even boot a computer, didn't know a computer from an air conditioner. And yet we were one of Sun Microsystems' largest resellers in our middle Atlantic area to commercial uh, accounts. And some of our clients that we, we did business with are some of the most recognized names on the planet. Uh, National Geographic was a client of ours. You can imagine that. We were a 15, 20 person company, but landed National Geographic. And we actually built their internet backbone that they launched a million hits in the first day. So anyway, so it was a great career. Um, we were one of the lucky ones to actually go through a sale. And um, we went from penniless bozos um, to multimillionaires in stroke of a pen. And um, it was one of the most unique experiences I've ever been through uh, in my life, other than the birth of my children and saying I do, um, it probably ranks right up there as, as one of those great success things that you accomplished in life. Like you built a company, you're, the lives of these individuals were in your hands, um, you've grown as a professional, and you know, I, we gave away 
you know, a million dollars or more in, in options to people when we sold our company. And this all happened in a span of five and a half, six years. And what, what was born out of that, John, was this, um, this ability to learn how to plan. How do, you, how do you grow a business? And somebody came to me who worked for me and said, Tim, what, what's your plan for next year? I said, we don't have a plan. So we never had a plan. And he goes, oh, no, you have to have a plan. I said, no, we've never had a plan. My plan is to make payroll next month and, and just continue to sell stuff, right? So he convinced me we needed to do this plan. And I remember our first plan was a little choppy, um, but the second plan we, it was pretty good. And the third one was excellent. And had we not had this third year's plan, um, we encountered some resistance and through our ability to shift our plan um, quickly and change our organization on a dime, we ended up continuing to flourish and ultimately sold the company. So planning was always something in my mind that said, if you are going to be successful as a business owner, as a small business owner, you got to have a plan because if you don't have a plan, any road will take you there. Okay. Kind of thing. And, um, and so I always liked it. And I wrote this manifesto on my LinkedIn page and said and, and showed this way that we did this planning. So speed forward. So I've done consulting work since then. Um, I ended up starting a staffing firm, um, which um, I did for several years. And then I was building houses and finding my way along, along the way. Um, everywhere I looked, John, there was no cheese. <laughs> and, and so who moved my cheese? Um, and uh, I was doing a project in my staffing firm, which we normally didn't do. And, um, and what took place from there was they asked, somebody asked me to do a strategic plan for, this was a publicly traded company for their IT department. And I had a chance to watch this woman who was just fantastic. She was uh, arguably one of the most highly credentialed facilitators, honestly, in the world. Um, she was a uh, Cornell grad, and she was just fantastic with, um, with this particular group of people. And as I watched her, I was like, I love planning. This is so cool. I really, really enjoyed this. So it took me about three more months, and then I said, you know, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna really do some research about planning. So I I did all this research about planning, and I I was convinced that I could go out and do seminars and make money, doing uh, teaching people how to plan. And I'm a small business guy. Okay, so I always wanted to give back. One of the coolest things that ever happened to me, like I said, was when I sold my company, and I just wanted somebody else to feel that joy that you have. That like oh my that oh that oh my god moment when you sell your company, it my hair stood straight up on my arms. It was so exciting, and um, and so I I went back to planning and I did all this research, and I found out why things worked, and I was convinced, and I started a truity. This is how I started a truity, and um, and so. Here I was again, you know, I could see the cheese, but I didn't really know if it was cheese. Could be a mirage, you know, because um, I'm in the desert at this point. I haven't found cheese in a while. I've tried a bunch of different things, but I never gave up on finding something that was that I was passionate about. And I just I've always been passionate about seeing other people succeed. It's one of the great joys in life that you have is, is watching people who you've mentored and trained. And I did a ton of that in the mortgage industry. In fact, some of the people that I trained and brought into the mortgage industry have become very successful within the mortgage industry here in the Washington, D.C. area. And um, so I wanted that give back kind of deal. And I remember calling this woman up and saying, I'm going to start this company again. And she said, well, come on up to Philadelphia, let's have lunch and uh, let's talk about this. And she said, Tim, I don't think you know what you're, what, what you're getting yourself into. And I was like, oh no, you tell me this, all right? I'm all excited about this, right? So she basically uh, said, Tim, you better find out why these plans fail. And I went, what? Why these plans fail? 
<laughs> and I kept thinking in my mind, I don't have any idea why these plants fail. So I went back to the research and I researched and I researched and I found why organizational plants fail. So we speed forward a little bit and I happened to um, wanted to have a meeting with um, someone who uh, I had known both personally and professionally for 20 or so years. And I was hoping that he would introduce me to this other company that had a whole uh, host of smaller businesses that I could possibly sell my methodology to. So we got about three quarters of the way through the conversation. And he said, Tim, would you do this for my organization? And my jaw dropped. And I said, I would be, I would be honored, flattered to do that. Well, that was the beginning of a truity. And, uh, and then he said, I want you to read several books. One of the books he had me read was a book by this fellow, John Doerr. And the book is Measure What Matters. So when I got the book, he, this gentleman, Paul, had asked me, Tim, this is the, met the planning methodology that I want to put in our business. Can you do that? And of course, as a small businessman, what was my response, John? Of course I can, right? Of course I can. So I read this book and I got about one quarter through the book and I had one of those aha moments. And I was like, this methodology is fantastic. It resonates with the small businessman. It resonates with the large business executive. I said, it takes a particular individual to do this. And um, I jumped into the Subjectives and Key Results, or OKRs for short, uh, methodology. And ultimately, that's how Atruity um, started as a business. Uh, he's still my client. Um, they are very successful. Um, um, one of the leading, um, one of the coolest and sexiest companies um, on the planet, a company called Red Hat uh, for your audience. Um, and I, I handle their public sector work. And um, they were purchased by IBM through all of the things that I've done with them. And now they're a part of the IBM umbrella, but they, they still, um, you know, they still act a little bit like Red Hat. And um, that's how I got my start. So long story short, quick question. That's what I'm all about. Um, I've, er I've, never really, um, I've never really had any profession that long where I didn't get a little bored or gosh, I was so successful in, the, in my first career change that uh, I became ever more hooked on being an entrepreneur. And, um, and then the, the thing that underlies that is the ability to want to give back, not only to the small organization, but, um, but give back to people who were nice to me. So John, that's me. That's awesome, man. <laughs> I, I love your story. So do you still talk to Chris? Uh, we do on occasion. And, um, you know, he, and I, he went his way and I went mine. Uh, humorous story. Our daughters, we didn't know this until one day uh, we were chatting. And uh, I said, so, um, you know, we were talking about our kids and they were all grown up now. They were little kids. So he said, uh, yeah, no, my, uh, I said, uh, man, my daughter went to Maryland. She was a tri-delt at University of Maryland. And, and he says, well, my daughters were tri-delts. And I go, no way, Chris. And, uh, and, and, and I said, so where'd they go to school? He goes, Maryland. I go, oh, no, don't tell me this. And it turned out that our daughters are actually sorority sisters. Oh, no way. University. That's hilarious. So, um, and I haven't spoken to Chris in quite a while. He's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. But um, we will forever uh, hold that one particular organization near and dear to our hearts. So That's amazing. That's pretty cool. You know, uh, that's amazing. Yep. So, so growing up, um, did you ever want to be a business owner? Like, it seemed like you started your career in sales in the mortgage industry and you jumped around in, you know, being a builder and doing development versus, and then doing your own, uh, you know, kind of coaching OKR stuff. So like, what, what did you want to do when you grew up? Uh, oh, grow, well, well, growing up? so this will age me a little bit, all right? But I wanted to be a pilot. That oh, would be, if I could be a pilot, that would have been fantastic. Um, but one of these crazy things happened to me. Um, my mother took me bowling. And, um, and I think I was, I don't know, eight, eight years old, 
And, and all I wanted to do was be a pilot. But flying a plane would be the coolest thing, right? And so I asked my mother when we were bowling, I said, why aren't there spaces between the pins? And she goes, oh, honey, there are. I think we need to take you to the doctor. <laughs> and it turned out that I had inherited my mother's genes and my father's genes, which was really, really bad vision. I and see. so mm. you, couldn't, you couldn't fly planes if you wore glasses. Mm. And um, so that was a horrible reality to me that I could no longer be a pilot. So my father was a, was a college uh, athletics coach. He, um, he coached basketball and he coached tennis. Um, and ultimately, my father became a, uh, a, a director of athletics for a school in uh, Towson, Maryland called Towson University. But growing up as a kid, we were all about sports. Um, and so if I couldn't be a pilot, um, I wanted to be a professional athlete. That's really what I really wanted to do. Um, growing up in the Midwest, we had several sports that, um, you know, we, we, had to, we had to master. Basketball being one. I'm a fairly tall guy. I love basketball. But um, I had this weird... Um, situation happened when I was a kid where my grandfather was a country club manager. Mm. We didn't have any money. My dad was a teacher and we would go and our big vacation would be to go stay at the country club because they lived on top of the country club and we'd stay in their little apartment that they had up there. And, um, and that was our vacation. So we got to swim at the country club pool. We got to go out to nice. dinner. Uh, we, we learned that all we had to say was, you know, my grandfather's, you know, Charlie Price, and they would, everybody would take care of me. Well, my bedroom on this apartment overlooked the first tee of this golf course. Amazing. And I began to fall in love with golf. And I picked up golf as a young kid, which, and again, this ages me. Um, no one really liked golf. Golf was kind of a dork sport, you know. And, but I fell in love with it and um, became a very, very accomplished um, amateur in uh, D.C. area and uh, in high school and uh but i wanted to be a professional golfer and wow. that did when that didn't take place i said well let me go in and get a college degree and i'll figure it out from there so when i woke up after graduating college and i was a fraternity guy i was an ato from maryland um i went oh god what am i going to do and that brought me back to the first conversation so what did you study in school in uh, actually i was a general studies major which means i'd gotten far enough along and uh to where Eventually, I said, I, I got to get out of here. All right. And uh, <laughs> finished up as a general studies major. And, uh, and uh, so I really had no particular major whatsoever. I just uh, I had the gift of gab. And, uh, you know, I, I told people, you know, don't let your education get in front of your college life, you know. So uh, enjoy yourself in college. It, it, it's, it's a fleeting moment. And then reality kicks in and, holy gosh, does it kick in in spades. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Um, it looked like, uh, you know, when you were telling me about that mortgage, uh, your first gig where sure. very successful person who got injured was kind of like your mentor, right? Yes. Were there other people that kind of guided you? So that was really in the mortgage space, but he taught you the ropes, right, on how to be very ultra successful, similar to him. What about your other ventures? Like, it seemed like in IT, Chris was younger, but he also really knew his stuff, right? Was he more of a mentor for you at that time as well in that industry or were there other people? So I wouldn't say he was a mentor. He was my partner and we drove each other nuts. Um, but uh, um, that's a, mentoring is a great question, John, because... Um, I give Clark Goldstein a lot of credit in, in, in that he really was a mentor for me. Um, and he taught me more than the mortgage industry. He taught me about business. He taught me about life. He taught me about family. He was a really great yep. guy. And, yep. um, and so as I moved on and made this transition, um, the next mentor I really had um, was in an obscure way was my CPA. Um, yep. And, you know, I've, Joe and I are still dear friends. And yet Joe always grounded me with questions about how to grow a business. Um, and, you know, so I would say he was somewhat of a mentor, would allow me and teach me how to look at a financial statement uniquely, mm. you know, statements of cash flow. Mm. Um, Tim, this is what I think you should be doing. And, um, and, and so I would put him as a mentor as well. 
As I moved on to consulting, John, um, you know, I, I would I would tell you that this woman, Diana Gerwitz, was somewhat of a mentor to me um, in a very limited fashion, but she gave me enough snippets based on all the um, experience that I had to be able to just take her knowledge and shift in a different direction. Um, and as I've been a consultant, there's a gentleman by the name of Life Olstrup. Now, Life has been a consultant forever. I met him in a very, in, in when I had the staffing company, which truly was probably one of my biggest uh, mistakes that I ever made in my life with regards to business. And, um, but I met Life, and Life has been great with me today as I've grown our consulting business. So, you know, just to your audience from small business, it's really great to have a mentor. You never know where they're going to come from. Um, and yet through, through your life, there are certain people that impact you. And Clark truly impacted me. Um, I was at that right stage of age where I had enough fun. I was trying to figure it all out. And here was a gentleman who took an interest in me that we had. The only thing we had in common was the University of Maryland. And, um, and yet Clark was a funny guy and he was unique in his own way. And, um, and yet um, his values and the way he carried himself are things I still carry to, to today. And I'm going to mention one other person, John. I'm sorry, I'm going to do this in your interview. Um, there was a gentleman by the name of John Mason. Now, John was my first boss's boss hmm. um, and ultimately worked for me. And John and I still remain friends today. But John impressed upon me the value of being prepared for your work day and your work week. And um, I'll never, and I do this and I will never forget this as long as I live is that we were going out on a sales call Monday morning and I was with John and I was nervous because he was my boss's boss and he was a very gruff guy and tough. I mean, really tough guy. And I, you know, here I'm just hanging out. I'm after college, you know, it's Monday. I'm still, I'm still enjoying from the weekend. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I'm now I'm in with my boss and we're driving down. And I go, John, I got to get some gas here real quick. And he goes, gas? What are you talking about, Meinhardt? He goes, how could you start your week not being prepared? This is your only thing you need to do in life, blah, blah, blah. He goes, on, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's, he's, he's upset at me already. And he was upset that I wasn't prepared. And being prepared meant having gas in your car. And to this day, John, on Mondays, I make sure my gas tank is full. <laughs> so I'll give him that. So John was a great mentor as well, that he brought me in early in the morning. Get in here at 630. Yeah. No, we got to make stiff stuff happen. Anyways, so um, so amazing. from a mentoring perspective, there's been a few people in my life. Yeah, I love hearing that because it seems like throughout your journey in life, there's so many people that impact you and mold you and become makes you become the person you are. And there's so many pivotal points in terms of work, personal that drives you right to become successful or whatever that means right? Sure, um, right but it's really the habits that really ingrain you and if you you know these people coaches mentors or people that you actually look up to they're gonna really help you steer you in the right direction so that you make it a part of your life and it's very memorable because all these people really made a huge impact on what you are currently doing for your business, right? You're a hundred percent right. And, um, you, you know, and looking back, those, those people really did, um, you know, there's, there's no, it's very hard to replace the ethic of hard work. Yeah. And yet everyone doesn't think it really is until you really have to make it work. Yeah. And then you look back at the people that were playing for keeps that, when you originally started out, yeah, you were, but you weren't. Yeah, you know, it's whatever. I'm selling something, right? Um, and um, and they really do forge you. And um, I've been very blessed with having the opportunity to mentor many people myself. Mm. And that give back, like I said to you, is is a very is very near and dear to me, both personally and professionally. That's awesome. So um, on to the next question. I wanted to ask you uh, challenges that you kind of faced or mistakes that you kind of made in business, 
Right. right? Um, I know you mentioned uh, something about the staffing business. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. So when, when, uh, when I was thinking about this, um, there were, there were, there were two or three things that really stuck in my mind that, um, that were, that was, that were challenges to me. Um, and they go like this in no particular order, but the first one was deciding that I wanted to be self-employed. There are so many people out there, and John, you know this, being self-employed, that will say, geez, John, you're very successful. You know, how did you do it? All right, I, I'm going to do that someday when I grow up. You know, when I decide, you know, I'm going to do that. All right, and that is, a, that is an enormous leap to become self-employed. And yet, it, I draw this, this picture for people that there's like this cellophane that you're staring into that the people on the other side are, um, they're the self-employed people and you're not, okay? And, and, and you just look at them, right? But you can't see them that well. So then you decide, okay, I've got to walk through this cellophane. And it is such a scary thing. And once you get on the other side, and turn around and look at all the people that say they want to be self-employed and they're not, it's vastly different because it's like, it's like being a tightrope walker. Okay. And saying, ah, I can do, I can, I can tightrope. I can walk that tightrope like no one's business. You go on the other side and they go, okay, no net. And you go, what? Wait a minute. What? I got to have a net. Well, you know, there's no safety net anymore. It's just you. So to me, that was, one of the biggest challenges I ever had. And the second challenge that I had was that um, I would say, if you're not passionate about what you're doing, then, um, then I would say, please don't do it. All right. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about my biggest mistake. Um, I wasn't finding any cheese going back to that book. And I decided that um, staffing was a good way for me to make a living, all right? But I never really liked staffing that much. It just was never my real, my passion. Mm. Um, I knew people that were, but I could never find that passion in it. And as a result, I really wasn't successful at it because mm. it became more like work. And there was this one, when you're passionate about what you're doing, You'll find yourself many times as self-employed, like, what do I do next? Like, gosh, this is not working. And you have to develop this mentality like you do in golf. Like, there's, no, there's another shot. We still have a chance. Let's think this through. There's always a way to make it work. So when you don't have passion, you begin, you begin to not find those solutions. But when you're passionate about something, you'll find them. Because you will succeed, all right? You will not give up. Because it's, it's not in a human being's nature to give up. We give up if we're not passionate. So if you ask me the mistakes and challenges, um, those would be some things that I think listeners would love to hear about, that it's actually making that step, taking away the fact that you no longer have a net, um, but making sure you have passion enough to succeed, yeah, I think these are great uh, little advice um, that you're sharing because, you know, it's very difficult to sell or be the biggest advocate of your product or service or business if you don't believe in it or passionate yeah. in it, right? Like, and plus, you got to enjoy what you do. So you got to wake up early and spend X amount of hours doing what you love. If you're not, then, you know, a lot of people who are working in corporate, for instance, they're doing it for a certain reason. And maybe it's monetary, maybe it's survival, but you going into the other side, which is, you know, self-employment, you already have made that shift mentally that 
there's no boss that's going to dictate. You are the boss and you're fully accountable. So then you got to really realize, well, if you're accountable, you're it. You need to figure out how to make it, right? Whatever make it means, whatever success means, whatever that goal is, you need to really push yourself. And what are the action steps that needs to be in in play to get there, right? Um, which is, you know, exactly what you said, because if, if you don't possess mindset or passion and all these other skill sets, it's very difficult to even get through that hurdle, right? Right. And you know, John, you know, um, so some advice I would give people, okay? Um, the first one is nobody cares if you fail. Nobody cares. So, when you decide to become self-employed, you think the world's against you. It's not that they're against you, but nobody cares. Okay, you're the one that cared enough to get started in this. Um, next, if you're gonna fail, fail fast. I always tell people, I mean, we're gonna fail. When I started Atruity, I was convinced in the OKR marketplace that I could build software. Well, I got into that a little bit and suddenly realized, and there's people raising millions and millions of dollars on this. I got a change in mindset. So I failed, but I still have the truity. And I, I was passionate enough to make a course correction. So it's fail fast. Um, the other one I mentioned was never quit, never give up. There's always another move. Um, you know, I think one of the greatest joys I have in life is waking up every day truly excited. I don't know how many people that took government jobs or whatever that they woke up and they, they honey, I'm going to work. They give her a kiss, boom, they go off to work. And like, what do they think about all day, John? Like, they just do a job. Like, I can't imagine that. You know, I want to wake up with passion every day. And, and, and again, that's one of those things. If you don't have the passion, don't do it because it requires passion for you. And you know this, you wake up every day thinking this is going to be the best day ever. I'm just passionate about this. And the other thing that I tell people is, um, is that you need to learn something every day. When I got started in the mortgage industry, when I would go home after dropping off Clark, I would ask myself, wow, what did I learn today? And if you review that and ask yourself that every single day, think of where you are in three months, five months, six months, a year. Heck, I'm 64 years old. When I finish today, I will have learned something new today. So uh, I tell people, if you're an entrepreneur or you're passionate, make sure you learn something every day. And, um, and the last piece, piece of advice I'd give people is take fear and throw it out the window, okay? I, I, don't, I don't fear, okay? Because you have to stand on your own two feet. Are you good enough or are you not good enough? And I believe I am. So I look at it as a, don't fear it, attack it. And to me, that's how I've lived ever since I've become self-employed. Like, you know, maybe I was just arrogant enough to be able to say, I don't, I don't want to answer to anybody anymore, you know, but with that comes a lot of responsibility where you suddenly put all those life lessons that you learned getting to that point into play. That's awesome though. Like you, you hit so many good points. Um, like from curiosity to, you know, yeah, failure happens, right? It's how you pivot, how do you move forward and, um, you know, minimize the mistakes, but also it's all about like being optimistic, right? Because fearful is not optimistic. Be in control and control what you can do and don't let anyone dictate that, right? Um, things that are out of our, you know, nature, like, you know, unexpected events, they will happen and they are a part of life. But things that you can control, you can actually dictate the outcome, right? So sure. all these things are really, really great points because I I read a lot. I, you know, take everything that you, you've mentioned and I'm always trying to incorporate some little tidbit to my day, to right. my business. And that's all it is. Little small improvements every time. And yes, some might not work, some might work, but it's okay to try, right? And a lot of people are scared to even try it. They're scared to try, John. Isn't that the truth? It is. Um, and, and without knowing, like, how do you know if it's going to be successful or not? Like, I'm the biggest advocate of 
advertising anywhere, everywhere. I'm the biggest advocate of trying and doing something about it because people can read and be fearful of, oh, what if it doesn't work? So it's okay, move on, right? What's the big thing that's gonna happen? You lose a couple clients or you don't take any clients, it's money, it's time, like it's okay. It's right. a journey, right? So look at the long term, right? Well, that's as I shared with you, like if I told somebody um, or anybody said to me, so Tim, what was your life journey be like? I'm like, oh, I've had a blast, you know? And um, I share with your audience, um, I remember distinctly um, when I was in college, um, I lived at the beach every year and uh, we had so much fun at the beach, but I can distinctly remember walking the beach and asking myself, like, how's my life going to turn out? Like, how, how, how's this going to be? And, you know, you never know whether you're going to get married, whether you're going to have a family. And I am so blessed. I've been married for over 35 years and um, I have two lovely daughters. John, you've had the pleasure of meeting one of my daughters. Um, and that is one of the really cool things is when your daughter can actually spend time with you and work with you. But I've been very blessed. And, you know, and you're right. And, 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 and part of that being blessed is, is, is having that passion to wake up to every day. You know, I look at pillars in my life um, and I kind of say them humorously, but they were kind of the three F's. And the first one is um, it's family. You know, I think that's a big deal for people. You know, it's hard to be self-employed if your spouse isn't someone that likes or enjoys the fact that you're out on the edge. Okay. Um, I was so blessed that my, my wife, her father was self-employed. So she sees me with my head hung low uh, at dinner and then my resurrection at night and saying, we're going to go tomorrow. And and she's lived with me both through the ups and downs and the challenging times. Um, you know, people will ask you or they think it's so glorious. Hey, you built a company and sold it. You're self-employed. I always wanted to do that. And I'm like, well, take a look at my back. You'll see all the scars that come with it. The sleepless nights, the up at four in the morning, working weekends. Nine to five isn't even a word I even really know what it means. Um, so family's a big deal. Second big deal is friends. Um, I've been blessed in life with uh, kind of an outgoing personality. So for me to make friends and be around friends, um, it's just something that comes very naturally to me. Um, networking is a critical component to um, building one's business. Um, you have to be out there. You have to be meeting people. And one of the things that's most important about meeting people, John, is finding out about them. Okay. They don't care about you. They care about themselves. You know, I play a lot of golf and I'm a, actually a pretty good golfer and um, people are intimidated to play golf with me. And I always tell them, I say, guys, here, here's the deal. Um, I don't care what I shoot. Okay. And I don't really care what you shoot. I'm just out to have fun. So, but it's amazing. People will think about their game. Okay. What are they doing? So, when I talk about friends, it's I'm more interested in what's going on in their life. So get out and get to know some people. Um, you and I just met recently, and yet I feel like I've talked to you for hours on end because you share a, you know, a, a great passion with me. Um, so the second F is friends. Um, the last one, believe it or not, goes back to my college days. Um, it's fraternity. And fraternity is all about kind of a common set of experiences um, you know, when I joined a fraternity, um, it was meeting people who I still am very good friends with and have been and will be for my entire life. They mean a great deal to me. But my fraternity's expanded and included now people that have, are of like minds to me. So I think those three things sometimes are good pillars um, to have. And, um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I love the fact that you mentioned, you know, being grateful and you know that is such a big thing because people forget and sit down and kind of reflect right on what 
are, are really important in their lives, right? And for you to do that with your wife and throughout the different stages of your business and, you know, even early days when you're at the beach, right? To really figure things out. What does your life look like, right? What does it want to be look like? And then over the course of the years to really navigate and take in bits and pieces of great people that you really aspire and want to become, right? A lot of people are very, you know, introverts, I would say, and they rely on information that might not are as accurate as you may think it is. So images or social posts, they perceive and they're out to sell you something. But if you actually get to know someone, if you go out there and make real friendships, real conversations with real people, you'll really figure out like if they are legitimate in it for the right reasons or not, right? Um, Once you start reading people, but that it is an art as well, because you've been in sales, myself included, we can actually know if the questions that you ask, the way, the tone that they say it back at you, you know, all these little subtle things that we read people, right? You can tell if they are good people or not just by their actions, right? And the way they talk, the way they say, you know, certain you know, nuances, right? Uh, subtleties, like when you go for golf, right? Like as much as you are out there just to have fun, there's people that aren't, they're very serious. They're doing it for different reasons, right? To have a sales call or whatever, like their purpose and, and intention is completely different than yours, right? So, but you'll go through it by learning, by making mistakes, by interacting with the wrong people. And that's life. And it sounds like you've lived it. And I'm still in the process of living it, but I, I totally get what you're going through because that that's what joy is all about, right? right. Like There's, learning. And you know, John, one of the coolest things is when you get a referral. Oh, yeah. You know, you've met somebody, they like you, you like them, and and you've done good work for them, and they refer you to somebody else. I feel honored. I'm like, wow, they referred, they took the time to say, this is the fella to talk to. And um, that means the world to me as a person, because it means I made that cool connection. And they're friends with me. And they'll be friends with me for a very long period of time. And ultimately, um, that's what's really important. You know, um, yeah. So. And, and referrals are so pivotal for small business owners, right? Yeah. So, but you have to really focus on like your core values, right? Really take care of your customers, really own them and build that solid connection and relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't even think about that longevity. They think about the transaction. They think about the sales, right? They yeah. forget about after sales. They think forget about the service. They forget about like, everything else right um, very short-minded people out there but, and you know the the if you do a good job for somebody they'll refer you to a lot of people okay um and yet you know even if you don't do business with them anymore um they're there always as a referral and you never know where your next sale is going to come from you exactly. know so, i uh, i always say just be good take care of people help everyone out because you never know who you're going to run into or impact or, you know, just do good as yeah. a human. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and don't expect anything. Right. Because the best kind of things that happen in your life are the ones that are unexpected. Right. It hits you when you don't expect it at all. Like when you're down, when you're miserable and depressed, something positive will happen. And it's like karma. It's weird. It, I, I would I would say karma is a great word because, you know, I, I'm I believe in people. Okay, and I believe that um, if you do good by everybody, ultimately what goes around comes around. Exactly, and, and that really is karma. Exactly. Well, thanks a lot, Tim. This has been such a great uh, conversation we had. Um, Thanks a lot for joining us on Local SEO today. If you can share with the audience members, how can any of them get a hold of you directly or any of your social handles? Absolutely. So so our company is at truity1.com. the number one, dot com. Um, You can find me on LinkedIn. 
Tim Meinhardt, M-E-I-N-H-A-R-D-T. And I, you know, I'd like to leave with uh, just a little plug on a program that we have designed for the small business people. Um, when I originally started Atruity, I wanted to help small business. Uh, we ended up helping and do now do a variety of very, very large businesses. But we put a program out called SSMP, Self-Service Management Program. And this is designed for the small business owner who is looking to uh, create some type of goal-setting mechanism for their organization to have them better aligned, better focused, and their ability to execute and grow faster than they ever thought they ever could. Um, so on our website, um, if you look up SSMP, you can buy the program. It comes with a manual of about 50 pages and um, also has a tutorial. It's like a class that you take with a manual. Once you've taken the class, you should be able to know how to implement this inside your organization. Um, we also have a Facebook community that you will be able to be a part of where once a week you can sit in for an hour, ask any questions you want, get to know some of the other people that are doing these OKRs and um, objectives and key results. And it's a great place for you to continue to grow and service your business. So um, as a small business people, consulting is something that really, you know, you and I talk about expertise where you really do want to outsource the best expertise. If you don't know it, don't, sometimes it's better to, to buy expertise than it is to try to do it yourself. Um, but we do have a self-service management program. And then if you want additional consulting help, we're there to help you along the way. So, um, so that's how to find us. That's how to find me. Um, and, um, you know, John, I just want to thank you for allowing me a chance to uh, join your program. I've loved your podcasts and, um, and I've really, truly enjoyed meeting you. Thanks a lot, Tim. It's always great to find and connect with great people, good people, good hearted people that are in it for the right reasons, right? Showing passion and desire to really help one another. So I really want to thank you. And if you're ever in Canada, I live in Toronto. Feel I'll free to ring up. me up. <laughs> <laughs> Someday we'll have a chance to say, shake hands once all this COVID craziness is over. Exactly, exactly. When the borders open up again. <laughs> well, exactly, right, absolutely. Anyways, well, thanks a lot, Tim. Have a great weekend, and uh, thanks again for allowing me to share some, spend some time with you today. This is great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tim. Yeah. Have a great day. See you now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Please subscribe to Local SEO Today and tune in to our next episode.